Welcome to another episode of the Big DK Energy Podcast. I am very fortunate to be in Boca Raton right now. I'm actually currently visiting my family. I'm originally from here, and sitting across from me today is actually a very dear old friend who is quite accomplished. She is an in-home therapist for children in the foster system, but if you don't think that she's just amazing just for doing that, she's also a very bubbly personality and is definitely the woman that your parents want you to bring home. (laughs) So without further ado, do please put your hands together for today's guest miss alexa cohen hi everyone i'm so happy to be here alexa welcome to the show thank you thank you so much for having me of course how could i not i mean i'm honored to be honest i'm i've been so curious about like what made you get into this and i've been watching clips of your show this has been really cool for you i'm happy for you Absolutely. I'm so glad that you were able to take time out of your very busy and scheduled life to uh, Definitely a very busy schedule, for sure. Awesome. So even though that was a very long title, it's um, it has a lot of accolades to it. You're an in-home therapist? I'm an in-home therapist for children in the foster system, yes. So these are children who have been abused, neglected, or family can't take care of them. There's been death in the family and there's no one else for them to live with, etc. So I'm specifically working with these children and their foster parents who are taking care of them, their caregivers. Oh, wow. So you must have a lot of war stories of some sort. There's definitely days where I come home crying. There's definitely days where I need that glass or two of wine. But then there's really nice stories where I get where I feel like I'm actually making a difference in these children's lives. I would say because I'm pretty sure this is some really gut-wrenching and heart-wrenching work to get into. Oh yeah, but honestly this has been a dream job and when I say that people are always kind of shocked when I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, how could you go into a job where this is so heart-wrenching, where this is so traumatic. And it is. There is no denying that. But this is definitely a dream job. So since this is a dream job, I'm assuming you've had this thought in your head for a while now? Since, I think, my bat mitzvah in the fifth grade, <laughs> sixth grade, yeah. Oh, wow. That's, I, a, that's a while ago. Yeah, a long time ago. When um, was that? I started it when I was 11, and then my bat mitzvah was 12. But I was a volunteer at um, an adoption agency called JAFCO in Sunrise, Florida. And I got to work in the emergency shelter with kids who were actually just recently pulled from their abused and neglected homes. So I got to work one-on-one with the kids. I got to give them lunch. I got to read with them. I got to go on field trips to movies, water parks, etc. But what intrigued me the most is that these children were able to talk about their traumas with me. And I was only a kid still. But they had this feeling and energy from myself that they were able to open up to me. Well, that's very good because with stuff like that, a lot of people just don't like talking about it. Right, exactly. So me as a kid hearing from the adults at the center, they would tell me that these children haven't even spoken to their therapist about it yet. So it gave me like obviously like a great feeling that, wow, these kids can really open up to me. Maybe I'm kind of good at this. And then going through the years, all my friends, my peers would always come to me for advice. And whether it was about- Including me. Including you, including all my friends. And it just kind of showed- I might be good at this and I made a career out of it. But I also was always obsessed with Law and Order SVU. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the next Olivia Benson. Like I wanted to be just like her. Is that the one played by Mariska Hargitay? Yes. Okay, got it. And she's really, she's a huge advocate in real life for abuse and neglected children, for women of domestic violence, for just victim services. Hmm. 
And I just love everything about her, about the show, about Olivia Benson herself, the character. And I always embodied her. That's awesome. So would it be safe to assume that you were a psychology major at college? I was a psychology major at UCF, University of Central Florida. Go Knights. Go Knights. With a minor in crime law and deviance. Hmm. But then I got my master's at Florida Atlantic University in social work. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And then this coming May, I will have my licensed clinical social work degree. I'm finally able to open up my own practice. Someone's legit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's for sure. And that's amazing that you would even want to get a master in social work because everyone hears social work and they're thinking, oh, crap, I can't afford anything with this job. Well, it's not even that. People also hear the, the word social work in the job title social work, and they think it's one that you don't make a lot of money to I'm the one pulling kids from their homes like I'm the social worker that is literally tearing families apart if anything I am trying to build those family relations whether it's through reunification of getting these children back to some broken homes or getting them adopted. So social work usually has a negative connotation. That's exactly what I was thinking because I remember I was watching this show called iZombie. It was on Mm -hmm. Netflix. And so the main character's boyfriend was a social worker and he joked about saying my health insurance could barely afford a (laughs) Band-Aid. And I thought, wow, that hit home. Yeah, thankfully I have good health insurance. Well, yeah, good. (laughs) My company did did well for us. (laughs) So what's the company called and what's the scale of its operations? Well, company was probably not the best word. It's more of an organization. It's a nonprofit organization throughout the state of Florida. And I think there's one um, location in Ohio oddly enough i don't know but what's in ohio i don't know that's why i was shocked when i heard it it might not be ohio but there's numerous agencies all throughout the state of florida there's broward palm beach county near us there's port st Lucie, and we specifically have foster homes where we can train foster parents on how to work and manage the behaviors of some of the children that come into care. Sounds like that class would be good for any parents in general. Oh yeah, it's how to become like a better parent. It's parent training, but we specifically work with a specific intervention model called Together Facing the Challenge, where I work directly with the foster parents on how to manage problematic behaviors from the children, whether it's fighting in school, not getting straight A's, not doing their chores. But then we can also encourage their positive behaviors, whether it is doing your chores and exhibiting positive behaviors, etc. So like just rewarding them for their positive behavior so it doesn't go unshown. Oh, wow. Unnoticed. So, so you're actually showing them like kindness in this dark world that they see. Oh, that's everything I want. I want to show them that there is a light at that very dark tunnel, as cliche as it sounds, but it's reality. Granted, yes, it is cliche, but you are correct because those kids have probably gone through hell and back. Oh, you have no idea, Danny. <laughs> and some of them are probably still mentally in their hell. Sometimes they have trouble realizing they're away from their traumas. They're away from from their abusers. That's really sad that some people, that's just their reality, and yet somehow they're angels like you to take them out of that darkness. That's what I'm trying to do. Well, you're doing a great thing. Thank you. A beautiful thing, I would even say. Yeah, I, I'm very passionate about it. Sometimes I do have to really focus on my own self-care and taking care of myself, whether it's cooking, reading, binge-watching TV. You need something to, as a distraction from your work. Yes, because obviously from what I've explained so far, it's gut-wrenching. Yes, I understand people need to work, but that doesn't mean you need to be work all the time or be working all the time exactly and especially with positions like yours it sounds like it would be mentally exhausting even if you had to even do it for one whole day Mm -hmm. for most individuals at least Mm -hmm. obviously the COVID-19 pandemic is still ongoing but when it was at large and we were in quarantine I was working from my computer at home 
and I had like a desk set up, but I really had to separate myself when I finished my workday from that area. So I really can separate work from my own living space. How does one exactly do that? Literally, you're sitting at your desk, but your desk is part of your house. So I have a desk in my kitchen. It's kind of behind you. And I would just refuse to sit at my desk when I'm not working. I would just try to like separate myself. It's that easy. I was expecting some long, complex answer, but no. (laughs) No, no, no long, complex answer. It was just telehealth was difficult because a lot of my children are under the age of six. So it's hard to keep them. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I work directly with children. My youngest has been four, turning five. And then my oldest actually has been 18 and um, stepping out of foster care. Wow going on to independent living. So, but the younger kids, it was definitely difficult to do telehealth therapy. That's why I'm an in-home counselor therapist because I can do direct work with them in their home, in their environment. Uh, So you're allowed to go to their houses now is what you're saying? Yes. Okay, got it. I didn't know whether with the COVID protocols that you would have to still be here. I wear a mask. (laughs) Okay, I was about to say, when did they allow you back into patients' homes? Several months ago. Okay, got yeah. it. I mean, we also live in Florida, so we mm-hmm. really don't give any fucks. But when a child or anyone in the home says they're probably, or they're not feeling well, they're sick, mm-hmm. I definitely do telehealth. I mean, that's the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of weird how like people used to just brush off, you know, oh, you're just sick, no problem. But then since there's a pandemic going on, you mentioned I have a little bit of sniffles, go home. <laughs> right. I know, I know. So I keep reminding even my friends, if they're just not feeling well, they could just be regular sick. It doesn't have to be the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Yeah. But go get checked. Of course. <laughs> take care of yourself. Yeah, take care of yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Since you had this idea in your head, since your bat mitzvah, did your bat mitzvah project have to do anything around that? Well, I started volunteering okay. at the place because of my bat mitzvah project. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. For those who don't know, like a bat mitzvah project is when you're kind of giving back to the community and you want to raise awareness of a particular organization or whatever it may be. And I chose JAFCO because it was something I was passionate about. My family was always involved in it. And so I raised money, I did a toy drive, and then I was also involved with the emergency shelter. Excellent. The J, I'm just curious, does that stand for Jewish or? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So it's Jewish Adoption Foster Care Options. Interesting. Jafko. Oh, I grew up playing hockey and actually one of the goalies that was in my league, she was really good. She was a Jewish orphan adopted from Russia. I don't know if she went through the same kind of thing, but mm-hmm. what you just said reminded me of that. I personally don't like to use the word orphan anymore, but if she was like adopted from Russia, maybe mm-hmm. they still use those type of words there. Okay, just like how some out-of-date places might still use the word uh-huh. retard. Yeah, exactly. I think orphan also just has like such a negative connotation. It really does. I don't know. You think of Annie. (laughs) True, but at least she has a good story kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But I went to go see that as a play once in West Palm Beach with my grandparents. mm -hmm. It's a good story. It is a good story. It brings awareness for sure. You're actually 100% right, especially with the whole negative connotation thing, because it's kind of sucks for them because it's not them choosing not to have parents anymore, but they still get all the flack for it. Well, I think it's also important to note, not all my children are without parents. And that's what an orphan means it means you do not have parents anymore like your parents have deceased and you have no one else not all my kids are like that a lot of my kids have their parents but we're unable to care for them properly whether it's like through abuse or whether it's just they don't have the financial means exactly i don't know if they did this back in the day but it seems like if they couldn't afford a kid they'd have to like sell them back in the day and i'm sure it still happens today and positive human trafficking is huge right now especially where we went to school at ucf in orlando and tampa like two of the top 10 places for people to be trafficked not top 10 you know like this is a great place to be trafficked no i believe it in miami as well i'm sure i've worked with human trafficking victims as well 
some of my kids, yes. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to be in this world and in this society and think, oh, like that doesn't happen where I live. I like I live in a perfect community. Like we live in Boca Raton, right? Yeah, we don't realize how sheltered we are from the actual harsh world it is. That's exactly right. You never know what someone is battling. Correct. It's really hard to think that some people are like, just because your problems are not as bad as someone else's doesn't mean that your problems aren't problems, which I guess it is true to some degree, but you always have to think that there's people going through a crap ton worse. Yeah. And so when my friends or anyone just discusses about something that's going on in their day, and then I notice someone else discussing something else that's problematic in their day or in their lives, it doesn't outweigh the other. Everyone is entitled to having their issues and having their problems, but it's not a competition. It isn't. Right. You don't need to have a sympathy race to see who can get the most likes on, oh, (laughs) woe is me kind of post. Right. Right. Exactly. It's refreshing to know that everybody deals with their own crap, but at the same time, it's kind of annoying when you have to deal with somebody else's sometimes. I mean, granted, kudos to you for being able to actually stand a human being because I don't. (laughs) I mean, I like you. That's why you're on the show. But still, some people all just suck. Yeah, some people do suck. I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm also the type of person that because of the line of work I'm in, it's hard for me to have my own bad day. Like, it's hard for me to have my own difficulties or my own problems. I can only imagine. I'm so focused on these children and whose lives I'm trying to change it could always be so much worse that's actually how i've been getting through my days i'm allowed to be upset i'm allowed to have my own issues but it's honestly a good reminder in my job that it could be worse i'm fortunate exactly it's a nice breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. that's a perfect way to put it sounds like you have a lot of gratitude in your life especially since you have to deal with all the stuff you have to do yeah i mean i'm very appreciative of my life i'm constantly reminded of what i have what i've been brought up with this world and things are just different these days <laughs> like to say the least that's an understatement yeah i mean i guess that things were always there but with the media and the news i think everything is just more brought up and it has a light on it it has some exposure to yes it. yes thank you no problem Do you still feel like the foster system as a whole is still kind of stigmatized in a way? Oh, yeah. I won't talk too much on it, but I definitely have my issues with the foster system and how we can better support the children in our care. I won't get into detail, but it's just things need to be more modernized, I guess. Well, first, let's stop calling them orphans. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, it's stigmatized. And then I just think there's better ways to help our children in care, which I will help and support in the future when I'm licensed and whether it's lobbying in Tallahassee or writing to our government officials about what we can do better to support and care for our children in need. That's awesome. I was just about to ask something I completely forgot. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's heavy. It's a heavy subject. It really is. Yeah, so I can understand if your mind kind of wanders. <laughs> I think this is the most serious topic I've actually spoken about on the show. I'm not surprised. It's a very serious topic. It's an upsetting topic for us to be talking at like 11 o'clock in the morning about this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Starting our day. But it's something I'm very passionate about. I want people to understand that what I do, yes, it's upsetting. Yes, it's heart-wrenching. Do I have hard days? Of course. How could I not? But it's important for people to know. I would say so. Yeah, Yeah. Someone's got to do it. Correct. Actually, it's funny. One time after a job that I absolutely hated, even though you said it could be much worse, I still hated that job. I went to McDonald's and I said, how are you doing? He's like, I'm all right. And I forgot what was said. But then, you know, I'm just like, thank God for people like you. And then he's like, someone's got to do it. It's just like even the guy at the drive-thru when you don't really think that he's important. But in order for you to get the food, 
yeah, he's important. He's the middleman. He's your hero in that moment. He really is. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has their purpose. Everyone has their title, their role in, in this crazy world we live in. And my role and title just happens to be a little bit more gut-wrenching. <laughs> but also, it's... It's fulfilling? Yeah, it's fulfilling. It really is. Like, I know I'm making a difference. That's just like the McDonald's guy giving you your food, <laughs> he's making a difference to you. He is. Mm -hmm. Just goes to show you that everybody's important. Everyone's important. As much as some people would like to say, well, you, they don't have any skills. Well, still, they still need to be here. Everyone has their personal strengths. Everyone has their personal weaknesses. Everyone has their skills. Surprisingly, as a Korean Jew, you thought I would have been like a super-powered accountant, but nope. <laughs> Math and business does not sit well with me. Yeah, but you're killing it in what you do. Oh. You're killing it in what you love. Well, you as well. Thank so, you. you know, I love that for both of us. I do love that for the both of us. Look at us, Daddy. Look, look how far we've came. <laughs> what does Paul Rudd say in that one show? Which show? Oh, no, no. It was the meme, but he just goes, look at us. Never thought we'd be here, right? No. Not at all. I never thought we would be sitting in my living room doing a podcast right now. This is great. With a table that's full of sand. <laughs> that Yeah, my table's just full of sand. I promise, guys, I have a clean apartment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know that, and you use this at the beach, right, with friends? Yeah, so I live about five minutes from the beach. It's very convenient. That's like every person's dream. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I was born and raised in Delray Beach, Boca Raton. And after college, moving back for my master's, I just knew I wanted to stay. I mean, I can't beat it. I'm right. I'm five minutes from the beach. I don't like the cold. I'm not going to move somewhere. And it's like a perfect place to like raise a family one day. And I, I just love it here. The schools here are pretty good. As much as I hated high school, there are some good schools here. Yeah, but who loved high school, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Except for people that peaked there, nobody. Yeah. And if you peaked in high school, like, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, actually, I do remember my question. So you said that by next year, you should have the certification to have your own practice? In May, I will be a licensed clinical social worker. I will not be opening up my own practice right away. Okay. I still have to build the clientele. We'll still mazel tov. Thank you. I probably won't be working directly with kids in the foster system anymore when mm -hmm. I open up my own practice. Okay. Just because it's like a lot of like government and a lot of paperwork. A lot of paperwork. Just something I don't want to keep dealing with. I love my children. I can't imagine leaving my clients one day, but I'm probably going to be working with kids who are having behavior problems in school, have significant traumas, whether it's a car crash, a family member has recently died dealing with grief. So I still want to work with kids though. Okay. And is it safe to assume that you would stay in this area when you open up your practice? Probably. South Florida. I can't imagine leaving. It is a good area here. I like winter and I like seasons, but then again, it does feel great that you don't have to snuggle out your, your driveway. Yeah. I mean, I have family from Canada and I see how much work it takes to just get to work in the morning in the winter. And then you also have to turn your car on and let that warm up before you can even drive. Yeah. And imagine having kids. I mean, my sister has kids in Canada right now. Really? And imagine during the winter, a little kid, like a three or four year old is all dressed up in their winter clothes, right? And Ready they, to go and on then they the pee snow. their snowsuit? No, mommy, I have to pee. And then you have to undress them, get it in the bathroom, dress them back on. Mommy, I forgot something inside. Like undress, get the boots off. It's a schlep. It's a schlep, 100%. And my mom, she lived in Canada and like raised my brother and sister there. And it's just, <laughs> it's mind boggling that they had to do this. I just know I can't. How many siblings do you have? So I have three brothers and one sister. Wow, big family. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I've only learned about one, but this is my first time hearing about the other three. So I have three brothers. Two are twins. They live in Fort Lauderdale slash Aventura. One of my brothers lives in Toronto, and then one of my sisters lives in Montreal. Oh, wow. So you've got a little international family going on. I do. I do. And I love it. I haven't been back to Canada in two years now just because of COVID. So it's been a little hard. 
I would assume you'd be able to go to Canada now because I know that a lot of sports players have been going to their games in Canada. So you can now. Okay. The border just opened up maybe like a month ago or two months ago for international travel or at least from the U.S. to Canada. I don't know about fully international, but I just haven't had the time. I mean, I want to go snowboarding and I want (laughs) to see my family. (laughs) Skiing is a lot of fun. I love snowboarding. I'm more of a skier, so. Oh, are you? Yeah. We could battle it out on the the slopes. Oh man, I'd love that. I remember it was like three years ago that I went skiing for the first time and I was brave enough to at least do the double diamonds. Is that what it's called? Oh my gosh. Uh, Not like the black diamonds. That's what they are though. Diamonds are like the black diamonds. Oh, whoops. I meant the blue level. Yeah. So it's like probably like a blue circle or like a blue square. That's what that is. But yeah, I was able to do that because surprisingly what I realized is skiing has a lot of mechanics that are very similar to ice skating and growing Mm -hmm. up playing hockey. It's, it just felt very natural. Yeah. I can imagine that you pizza and you French fry. (laughs) Hopefully you don't French fry all the way down though. Although I did one time made a little bit of a ramp and then I completely tumbled. And so it was such a schlep and I was like in three feet of snow. One of my skis was still on. So like it was like stuck in the ground and I had to move my other leg freely. And it was just awful. It's awkward when you're like have like one leg off. I mean, I haven't skied since I was, I don't know, six. I always remember just being so awkward with the skis. Snowboarding is just so much easier. (laughs) I feel like it'd be a lot harder. I actually picked it up right away. I think it's because I love wakeboarding. A lot of people don't know know this about me, but I love wakeboarding. I used to skateboard, sort of, (laughs) if if I'm not. So you were a skater girl? I I said, see you later, girl? I definitely was. I mean, my first concert actually was Avril Lavigne. No way. Yeah. Speaking of Canadians. Yeah, I loved her. I used to like wear the necktie, the the arm sleeves. Oh, I was the tomboy. But yeah, I, I think I picked up snowboarding because I was athletic in other areas of that type of like motion, I guess. All right, cool. Thank God we got onto a much lighter note because that first part was really heavy. I know. I'm like sweating in my seat right now. (laughs) (laughs) But now we're going to talk about much lighter stuff. So, you know, hopefully that will uh, get some of that schwitz out. Yeah, get the schwitz out. So one thing that Alexa and I are really good friends over, the fact that we both love Avatar The Last Airbender. Love it. Always have loved it. When they Netflix announced that they were putting it onto their platform during the pandemic, it was literally like a godsend. I binged it. I don't know, in a week, maybe two weeks, but I watched it as a kid and I always felt like it was like weird to watch Avatar and I loved it as a kid and I don't think I told people that. I don't know why. I feel like anime had a bit of a stigma back then and plus there's weebs and all that other kind of Asian obsessed people that that they're names for. I think anime still does have like a stigma. I think it's it's more talked about these days, but I love it. I mean, I don't don't really watch anything else other than like Avatar. I can't really think of like other animation Pokemon was like really cool but (laughs) I don't even know if that counts as anime but it definitely does okay so I loved that stuff in fact I think it's still a debate whether Avatar is a technical anime or not because it's animated but it's not exactly in the anime style of cartoons right right I mean, it was made by a South Korean company. See, like, I don't know any of that. I just know the show (laughs) and I loved it. Like, what if you could be one of the characters? Like, which character are you? In the show Avatar? Yeah. Or how about, to make it easier, which element element would you have? Dang, that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you later, so I'm going to have to change that. Oh. (laughs) So. (laughs) I beat you to it. Great. I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm told I'm a fire sign. Granted, firebenders are considered the bad guys, but that's because Sozin started that war. But I think it'd be really cool to be a firebender because I don't know if you remember seeing the video, but they had this like little two minute video that Nick used to play in and it described which styles of kung fu all the bending styles come from. Oh, I never seen that. And so firebending is actually based off of northern Shaolin kung fu. 
and it's just so acrobatic and just so passionate. They mention how fire, it's energy, it's passion, but mm-hmm. then at the same time, it's not anger and destruction all the time. You know, right. there, there's life to it. Fire cannot exist without oxygen, right? It's a living, breathing thing. What about you? Oh, I'm so a water person. I'm I, Katara. <laughs> Without a doubt. Especially like with you and your healing nature that you mentioned in the first part. You yeah. Know, it's like, I'm not surprised. I can see you being a waterbender just being very flowy and whatnot. But also like when I'm in the ocean or I'm in like any type of water, body oh, of yeah, water, like for... the lakes, I am full bodied Katara or... You're in your element, I'm literally. In, I'm literally in my element, my water element. <laughs> Honestly, I could see you being a water person. I loved this show. Yeah. I think my boyfriend, he embodies... Um, Zuko? He's Zuko, but the best parts of Zuko. Of course. You see, the thing is that when you said the character, honestly, I wouldn't mind being Zuko because at first, of course, he sucked, but then you kind of see him become a much better person. There's a lot of grays that are brought up in the show because a lot of those issues are very black and white. Right. But one thing I like is that they kind of gray it out, especially for like an audience that mm-hmm. young. Actually, one of my favorite quotes from the show was in the second book, Earth, when they're in the desert mm-hmm. and they see that mm-hmm. big owl and then they were trying to figure out how to defeat the Fire Nation. When Wan Chi Tong, the owl spirit, found them and said, do you think that you're the first one who ever thought that your war was justified? And immediately when I heard that as an adult, I was like, crap they really spoke about real stuff on the show well you understand that owls are meant to be these very wise creatures when they're not scary yes right. they are seen as wise <laughs> are you scared of owls i'm scared of birds in general but i'm scared I- of birds too but they always show owls in horror films so therefore i yeah. always associate them with like evil mm-hmm. and there's actually a lot of cultures that sees owls as demons or like dark spirits i didn't know that for me an owl represents wise all-knowing creatures well that's because the greeks associated owls with wisdom especially since the owl was the main animal, I would say, sigil of Athena, the goddess of wisdom. Oh, I, I didn't know all that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just learned something new today, everyone. <laughs> that was a good episode. I like that episode primarily because it's also like a huge library that they're in. Yeah. Because of the owl, the all-knowing wise owl. Speaking of libraries and books, you're an avid reader, aren't you? I am now. I never used to be. I was always the type of kid in high school, middle school who would spark notes their assigned reading. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one. Yeah, like spark notes, Schmoop, I think was one of them. Yeah, you know Schmoop? <laughs> I did not know Schmoop. I'm pretty sure it's called Schmoop. I could be wrong, but there's no way I just made that up on the top of my head. But ever since the pandemic, I had to do something with my time, right? Mm-hmm. So I started like, I have a huge bookshelf. I've always been wanting to read more at least. And I got into it. I read the whole Harry Potter series in like, a month and a half. Really? That quickly? Yeah. And some of the books are like over 400, 500 pages. That's what I was about to say. And so. one of them is like 600 and something. But I fell in love with it. And then after that, I just started collecting books and reading a lot. What would you think your house is? Oh, I'm a Gryffindor. You're a Gryffindor? I took the test. Oh. <laughs> I, see, the funny thing is that I also took the Pottermore test and it said I was a Gryffindor, but everyone says I give off Hufflepuff vibes. I think the Potter test is really accurate. I mean, from other friends of mine, mm-hmm. they've always said if they were like Ravenclaw, Slytherin, and stuff like that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's you. I embody Gryffindor. I think you embody Gryffindor. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, we're brave, we're courageous, and we go out of our way for our friends. Excellent. See, the thing is that it's not that I think Slytherin is evil, but what is their main attribute? Ravenclaws are smart. The Hufflepuffs are just chill, I guess. I don't think Slytherin is evil because not every Slytherin is evil. Correct. It's just the bad guys but just every, so happen to be. every evil person is a Slytherin. Is it passion? Is it cunning? I honestly don't know. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's in the books. 
but I don't really remember. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan because of the movies and I read the books. I don't know the ins and outs. Got it, yeah, because there are people who know like the absolute details of every oh, single thing. Oh, they know everything about it. I mean, if I walked into like a trivia, like at a bar mm-hmm. and I, I did like Harry Potter trivia, I'm sure I would do great. But if, if it was like questions like that, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Got it. Turns out there's actually an American Hogwarts. What do you mean? Apparently in the lore of the Harry Potter world, there is an American wizardry school. I forgot what it's called, but like all the houses are completely different. One of them, I believe, is like a Jabberwocky or something like that. I don't know. It's like really weird, but it's interesting to think about. It's interesting to think about. I just love it when authors like fully flesh out a story. It's not just, oh, the character went to the store and got the bread, therefore was the hero. They talk about like the mythology, the entire beginning of that world. Right. Even in TV shows, I take a very big interest in character writing. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm reading books, I can really like picture the character. I can see like their family, their origin history. And I know it's like a little off topic, but I think the best character ever written for television is Dwight Schrute. Really? Out of everybody? Out of every character I have ever seen on any television show, I think he is the most in-depth written character. Okay, so besides having a beet farm and having a grandpa who's a Nazi, what else? He's just everything about his character, who he is, his history. To be very honest, I only stopped at season four, so I really don't know. Oh my gosh, Danny. Everybody... Danny is not a big office person. I'm not. Some parts I do find like chuckling, but honestly, overall, I don't find it that funny. Oh my gosh. Maybe because it's like dry humor. I love dry humor. That's the thing. I think it's because besides some over the top fans who like their personalities, the office, there are Mm -hmm. two characters that completely turned me off the show. Mindy and Andy. I hate them as characters. Granted, as people, I don't care. But Ed Helms, I just never laughed when Andy was on screen. In fact, if anything, Andy annoyed me. I think it's part of his character, though. But Mindy, like, no one really likes Mindy, I don't think. Okay, she's just, good. She's just supposed to be, like, a side character who's madly in love with Ryan. Yeah. I think his name is Ryan in the show. Well, in real life, his name is BJ Novak. Yeah, so I think that's, like, supposed to be their characters. If oh. you found them annoying, that's them. It's just, like, another thing that Elixir and I are huge on is Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And so it's like Joffrey. Everybody hated him in real life, but yeah. that just goes to show you how great of an actor he is. Well, he actually stopped acting. Because of that. Because of the show. He did Joffrey so well. He actually became a barista at a coffee shop in England after the show because he didn't know what else to do with his life. He was like, I did Joffrey so well. I am basically Joffrey for the rest of my life. So I'm just going to go back to be a normal civilian. It's like kudos to him for playing a part so well. But then also, it kind of sucks what happened after. He did an incredible job. Obviously, the world hated Joffrey. Everybody was like, oh my god, this guy, this kid, everyone, this kid, the king, who's just awful. But for him to go so in-depth, it's kind of like Heath Ledger. When Heath Ledger did Joker. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. He played the part so well where it actually made him... Insane. Yeah unwell i think he like locked himself in like a motel room for like months during the shooting and then he was just completely isolated and he would like write down a hospital blowing up would be really funny kind of thing he's trying to get into the character yeah when he looked in the mirror he didn't see heath ledger he literally saw the joker i believe that's called method acting i could be wrong i but i think he got too involved into the method of acting mm-hmm. where honestly he ended up dying from it because he was so into it he was prescribed medication he overdosed on the medication and it's because he was literally terrified of himself he was terrified of how in depth of an actor he became 
for the Joker. Just goes to show you, some people are so passionate for the craft, they'll drive themselves insane while doing so. 100%. I mean, yeah, there's method acting, but then there's like driving yourself insane. <laughs> there's always a good limit. Boundaries. <laughs> Set your boundaries. If you eat too many carrots, your skin will turn orange. I just made that up. I mean, I've always thought that too. I think that's for my, our parents. <laughs> Either that or it gives great eyesight, which turns out to be a lie that the government would tell people during the Second World War in order to like get carrot sales up or something like that. I don't know. Sounds like something like the government back then would do. <laughs> yeah. When there's a war, nobody's thinking about anything. When's a better chance when right. people are not paying attention? Right. Are you reading anything? I'm not reading anything currently. I've been very much on the ebooks route lately. Mostly the books that I've been reading are very self-help. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm in that part of my life. One book that really kicked my ass, but at the same time really spoke to me was this one book called Ego is the Enemy. And it's by this guy named Ryan Holiday. And so during a very dark part of my life, I was at my literal lowest point. I was at rock bottom. Mm -hmm. I read this book and it really turned my life around because it's a book about stoicism and about how everything that you do in your life is a result of your actions. Mm -hmm. Granted, the pandemic, I didn't start that, but it's like, how do you react to the pandemic that will determine the course of your future? And so another main thing that really spoke to me was that because everything is your, not you, but because everything is consequence of our actions, no one else is to blame. So for a very long time, I was blaming my parents. And plus, I had a bit of a rough patch with them. And then it got to a point where I was just like, you know what, as angry as I want to be at them, they did nothing wrong. And if I want to turn my life around, I have to do it myself. I completely agree. Because you can't help the way that people are. You can't help the way that people act, speak whatsoever. But the only thing you can take charge of are your reactions to those situations. You only have control over yourself. To be quite honest, if I hadn't read that book, I'd probably still be in a really dark place because it was after that book, I finally decided to talk to our family therapist. And then mm -hmm. I told her, I think in order for me to move on with my life, I need to forgive my parents and heal. And did it help? Exponentially. I don't think I'd be back in Florida if I didn't. Yeah, no wonder you're still into the self-help books because you obviously had quite the reaction to one that obviously set your life in a different path than it was on. The thing is that I'm not going to become the next Tony Robbins and tell people how to live their lives. But the thing is that I got enough of a wake-up call to realize that I'm not a perfect human being and I can be shitty at times, but that doesn't mean I'm an overall shitty person. Mm -hmm. No one's a shitty person. Mm, I could think of a few examples, but go ahead. I personally think people aren't shitty. It's just people have shitty reactions to things or pe people can do shitty things doesn't make you a shitty person just like if i do something bad to someone or like if, if i make a terrible mistake doesn't mean i'm a horrible person you know what there's shitty people <laughs> you're right just thinking about my line of work yeah there's shitty people out there <laughs> so besides harry potter what other books are you reading Oh my gosh, I'm reading everything from self-help. I'm reading, I read The Alchemist. I've always heard about that book. So have I. I've heard great things. I did not like it. I don't know. It just didn't speak to me. It took me forever to go through. And everyone spoke of it so highly. And I just didn't like it. But I have, I have plenty of books. I love reading. And I have noticed, actually, from reading in the past two years, my vocabulary has increased. Has doubled, probably. Has, oh my gosh. Exponentially probably. Yeah, ever since I started doing podcasts like this or interviews, I've noticed the way I speak is a lot more academic and I feel good about the way I speak for most of the time. <laughs> well, even before then, I was your friend and I still put up with your crappy talking. I'm just kidding. Thanks, thanks. Appreciate it. I got on this and I'm like, oh my God, is this how I sound as well? <laughs> it's always that thing. It's just like you hear your voice and it's just like, oh, this is awful. I'm sure I'm going to like watch this back and be like, wow, I was just using that word a lot. 
and maybe stigmatized, even though I've, I've always known that word, but maybe I'm just using it a lot more because of my job. And Well, that and also stigmatized, I believe, is a bit more of an advanced vocabulary word because you can say things are crappy. It's just like, oh, the view on that is crappy. Yeah, or the view different... of this is stigmatized. Do you hear the difference? Yes, exactly. 100%. I mean, I definitely notice that I'm saying that a lot in this podcast right now. When I was in elementary school, my dad was at an engineering company. And so his boss, his name is Mr. Owens, and he would send a lexicon of SAT level words mm-hmm. to all of his employees. My dad would always share the words with me and my sister. For example, one word is called an epinorthosis. I know it sounds really <laughs> intimidating. So you know when people are like, no, that's not good. That's great. Uh-huh. That extra emphasis is what is called the epinorthosis. That's not a real word. It is a real word. That's not a real word. <laughs> that's something I would hear on Jeopardy probably. Like that's not a real place. That's not a real word. <laughs> and that's why. Because that will be the final question. And that will be the determine whether you go home penniless or big baller. I watched Jeopardy a lot recently. And with my boyfriend. How is it without Alex? I mean, I was never the biggest Jeopardy person to begin with. So really? it's okay. not like I feel a type of way, a personal level. Like, oh, it's just not the same or anything r.i.p obviously he was mm-hmm. a great guy he was known to be the jeopardy host but the show is still the show mayim bialik is actually the new host one of the new hosts i was about to say i'm just like i knew alex was like the host but like how many hosts do they have now like they had aaron Rodgers. okay so they were i believe just like having guest hosts for a little while they did have aaron Rodgers. they've had other like famous individuals they had dr oz at one point as a host dr oz yeah i don't know if it was them like trying it out but i also don't see aaron Rodgers giving up his career <laughs> and going into Jeopardy hosting. He's, he's doing really well in Green Bay right now. Right. So. so I think what they were doing is just having a bunch of guest hosts until they could finally find a replacement. So right now, Mayim Bialik from Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. she's the new host. And I believe there is another man, but from the recent episodes I've seen, is just Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik? I don't even know if I'm saying her name right, but... Isn't she a member of the tribe as well? Yeah, <laughs> she is. I think she's actually religious. Oh, really? Yeah, like I orthodox. Also, I know she's, like, super smart. She's got, like, a PhD in neuroscience or yeah, something. Yeah, so the woman she portrayed on Big Bang Theory wasn't so far off than who she actually is. Hey, listen, woman who's sexy and smart. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. But, yeah, she's a new host. I personally like Jeopardy. Ryan, actually, my boyfriend, he can guess so many of the correct answers. And I'm like, that's not even a real place. That's not a real word. Like, what are you saying? And then he gets them right. And so right now we have a tally sheet of how many he gets right and how many I get right. And I have like three or four, right? And he has like a whole tally sheet. Dang, you might need to catch up. I can't. I think it's so fascinating, these people on Jeopardy. It's like, how do you study for this? You must have a photographic memory. I feel like you just need to know like a bunch of random stuff about everything. everything. But like, where do you start? Do you just read the encyclopedia? Actually, this is something that I actually had to deal with when growing up with Asperger's because Mm -hmm. one thing about Asperger's is we're not very good socially Mm -hmm. and I noticed I was not great at talking with any of my peers. Well, look how far you've come. Well, thank you. (laughs) So how I actually started was I would look up stuff that's like pretty big, so like a rap song, for example, Mm -hmm. and I would just dive deep into a rabbit hole of Wikipedia, just learning every single little ins and outs of everything. That's smart. Well, thank you. For example, in middle school, I learned football because I knew nothing about sports, but I knew that in America, if you can talk about football, 
whether college or professional, you can have a conversation with about 60% of the citizens. Mm -hmm. And just then you already have like a solid platform from which to build off of. I feel like if you're an avid reader or if you are kept up to date, whether it's like social media or the news, whatever it is, you can pretty much have a conversation about anything. TikTok even. Yeah. My mom's an artist, but I definitely am not like very knowledgeable in it, but I can still like have a conversation about like the modernistic approach of art or... Just by saying that you're already like years ahead of me. Yeah, but like I can have like a conversation. I can go to a museum and have a conversation about it. But from what you did, you were actually researching how to have these conversations. You were researching how to be more involved in the social norm. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, it's like in one aspect i feel it's sad that i did that on the other hand i just did what i had to survive in today's society and with my extra baggage of being on the spectrum i felt like it's either i had to sink or swim and well even though swimming involved researching really ridiculous stuff (laughs) it helps it's a lot of work put in do you think that's what people on jeopardy do they just kind of like research random things that's exactly where i was trying to tie this up is just that i feel like they just so happen to find one random topic cool and they somehow just go into the rabbit hole that is that topic and then they find so many details that no one would even think to even think about. Right. Obviously, Wikipedia isn't the best source of information. But you know how on Wikipedia, when you're researching something, there's also hyperlinks to click on that's true to for go like to another subject all the annotations that. and all the yes. sources so i feel like that's what they do they go to one subject and see one word or another time period from that specific word or subject mm-hmm. one time i forgot why i was looking at pam anderson but when i clicked on the wikipedia page it was just one paragraph but all it said was just big boobs big boobs big boobs and it was like that for four lines pam anderson as in pamela anderson mm-hmm. okay i was like who's pam anderson <laughs> she was like the model back in the day but like now she's just like a nobody yeah i have no idea who she looks like i know she had like a famous sex tape with the drummer from motley Crue, tommy lee they had a sex on a boat or something like that hot very <laughs> i don't know about <laughs> all right so now we are at that point of the big dk energy episode where we go into the question round oh boy nothing you'll get fired over i promise oh, i hope not <laughs> I need my job. <laughs> of course. I appreciate that everybody has to work and eat, so therefore I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize that for we, the sake of my show. Yeah, we work to live. We don't live to work. All right, so Alexa, you ready? No, but yes. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> Number one, you and your girlfriends have been allowed a yacht date anywhere in the world. Where would that be? I like how this specifically went to yachts and me on boats. Anywhere in the world, probably Italy. Italy. Yeah, like the Amalfi Coast. Ooh, actually, I always see the pictures. Come to think of it, is the picture behind you the Amalfi Coast? It's not the Amalfi Coast. It's a little town called Cinque Terre. Mm-hmm. It's not on the Amalfi Coast. It's, I don't even know where it is, but it's not the Amalfi Coast. It's just in, I've been there. It's it, in Italy. Like, I got off our cruise and we took like a train in the middle of the wilderness off a cliff to get there and the then train I, ran off the cliff no the train was on the side of the cliff okay got it i was yeah. about to say i'm like wow. oh yeah i survived a train accident that went off the, the cliff in italy that's a cool story yeah it would be but we took the train and then we did a two and a half hour hike to oh, get there wow. yeah with my parents i thought my dad was gonna die on it but it was the hardest hike i've probably ever done but it was so worth it because i built this puzzle five years no probably more at this. I was a freshman in college with my roommate and I always promised myself I was going to get there. And so a, a present for graduation from college was to get to this place Wow. for my parents. Yeah. And look at that. Yeah. So yachting in Italy with my girlfriends, final answer. <laughs> Number two, this is a little bit more open-ended. What does being Jewish mean to you? <laughs> 
tradition. That's what it means. Tradition. Me. Yeah, that's what it means. I mean, tradition. It's just keeping tradition. That can mean something different to everyone, but for me, it's just keeping the holidays and like keeping Passover. Shabbos and all that. Yeah, I think at least when I'm older, I want to keep Shabbos. I don't really keep Shabbos right now, mm-hmm. but I know how I would like to raise my kids one day, and I want to include all the holidays, occasional Shabbat, part of my tradition with my family. I think that's very beautiful. Question number three. If you could go toe-to-toe with any celebrity in a fight, like fist fight, who would it be? <laughs> Jojo Siwa. <laughs> Wait, who? Jojo Siwa. Who's that? I don't like her very much. Um, She actually just is on Dancing with the Stars right now. She's like a singer, dancer. She was on Dance Moms when she was younger. Oh, that's why I never heard of her. Yeah, she's supposedly like supposed to be like this huge star now. Then how come I never heard of her? I don't know. There's like a petition for her to have an airport named after her. I don't know. But if I could go toe-to-toe in a fight, I would punch out JoJo Siwa. Okay, sweet. Number four, what is a life lesson that most hits you or that you feel like had a major impact on your life? I forget who this quote is by, but it's be yourself because everyone else is already taken. I think that's a huge impact on my life because I don't strive to be like anyone else. I don't put myself out there to replicate or embody another human being. I am without a doubt myself. I've gone through every stage a girl could possibly go through. And I think that's goes with the quote, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. And it's just, I am me and I don't strive to be like anyone else. I love that. For I you. don't know if it's a if it's a life lesson, but it's a quote I've lived by. That's a definite life lesson. Yeah, and I love that for you. Thanks. Number five. What is your favorite way to decompress after a long day? <laughs> a glass of wine. <laughs> probably that. Red or white? Red. But probably a glass of wine. Making dinner. I actually do find that decompressing. Some people really find it stressful to figure out what you're making, cooking. Yeah. I, I actually find it decompressing. I love. I'm to one cook. of those people. So yeah. Yeah, but like just throw on some music, dance around. I literally dance around in my kitchen and while I'm cooking. Sounds like a rom-com scene. It is. I feel like I live a rom-com life. <laughs> well, that's good because yeah. some people are living like dystopian future lives. I mean, my neighbor is my boyfriend also. I feel like I'm in an episode of Friends. Oh my God. Have you spoken with Ryan next door? Oh, no, I would never date him. And then two seasons later, oh, look who's together. Yeah, exactly. So I'm definitely living a rom-com life, but wine, cooking, sitting down with one of my books, binge watching a show i'm binge watching crown right now the crown i love it stuff like that cuddling with simba oh that's right you do have a dog i do have a dog he's my life what breed is he again he's a mix he's a shih tzu but he doesn't look like a shih tzu he's chocolate colored that's what they call it and so he's a chocolate shih tzu he kind of looks like an ewok from star wars (laughs) that's what people like compare him to i can totally see it i see it too i love star wars so he's an ewa he's not just jabbering and throwing spears at people no 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 no. but yeah i could be like laying on my couch and there's like a big space on my couch he could be sitting anywhere and he just decides to lay on top of me so it's nice he's like a stress relief he's a emotional support animal (laughs) excellent the dogs at my house are exactly the same way yeah exactly that's great to have that unconditional love from an animal Mm -hmm. and they can't ever judge you and that's the best part Mm mm-hmm Number six, your dream vacation and the itinerary. Japan. Really? Oh my gosh, I want to go to Japan so badly. I've always been fascinated by it. In the third grade, we had to do kind of a Japanese cultural presentation for our parents. And so I know how to do origami. It'll be like instilled in my memory forever. I know how to do like a Japanese crane. But (laughs) 
I've always been obsessed with the culture and really? the architecture and now the technology. So itinerary wise, there. I would fly into Tokyo to two days in Tokyo. And then I just want to like rent a car and travel to the outskirts of Japan and visit temples. Yeah, like the Shinto temples. Yeah. And like be in the wilderness and just be outside of modern technology and the modernism in Tokyo in Japan. I want to be part of the culture. If anything... And the food, obviously. I love sushi. Fair enough. <laughs> Ramen is pretty good, too. What I've noticed is that Japan is very good at blending the modern with their old roots. For sure. It's like you'll see like a cell phone store next to like a Buddhist temple, for example, or something like that. Yeah, and I, I've just I've always just been fascinated with Japan. I want to go there more than anything. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. A lot of people don't know that about me. All right. Well, that's why it's your answer to give. Number seven. What's something your past self would be proud of? I think everything I've accomplished in the last three years. Back in high school, I wasn't the best student. I wasn't the best person. And I think a lot of people, including myself, wouldn't have expected me to get through college or even get a master's and then now have a full-time job that I'm obsessed with. So I think if I was like 16 looking at my future, I'd be like, wow, this is awesome. You go, girl. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. I just don't like that motorcycle that interrupted you. It's okay. Still, I'm just glad that everything worked out for you. Yeah, I'm really happy. And I think years ago, I definitely wouldn't have expected this for myself. And well, look where you're at now. And now look where I am. Go, Alexa. <laughs> Speaking of that, actually, I was mentioning your name to my parents and then the Alexa thing lit up oh and I'm just gosh. like, oh, great. That's something we could actually talk about. So when I'm in online meetings for work, someone will call on me be like, Alexa, how about you? Like how are your clients, whatever. Everyone's Alexas will go off. Not not just the person just speaking. <laughs> like if they have their computers on, Alexas will go off. And I'm like, guys, like please just change it if you don't want this to keep happening. But they don't, they don't. I think they think it's funny. It yeah. is pretty funny. It's funny for them. And then I'm just sitting there <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is so awkward, so embarrassing. People also, when I introduce myself and I say I'm Alexa, like nice to meet you. Alexa, oh yeah, does that get annoying? I'm like, yes. Obviously, it's annoying if you're even asking that question. You're like, Alexa, what's the time? <laughs> I want to sue. <laughs> Out of every single name, they choose Alexa, not even Alex. So my name has always, like Alexa, just mm -hmm. plain Alexa, was always the type of name you could not find on a keychain. You couldn't find it on a mug. It's always Alexis, Alex, Alexandra. And now my name is everywhere. Even when the commercial comes on TV, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. I mean, if you think about it, Jalen wasn't really that popular of a name, but now it seems like every kid is named Jalen. Yeah, it's just, I mean, Siri. I no mean, one's name is Siri, so that made sense. I mean, I'm sure there's people named Siri, but it's not as common as Alexa. But now when I introduce myself to people, like when I'm going out and stuff, I say, hey, I'm Lux. Okay. Because I avoid the Alexa thing at all costs. And all my friends know how annoying it is, so they even tell people, don't say it. Don't even ask the question. Well, now I at least know, so I will uh, be more cognizant of that. Yeah, but my friends are my friends. Who are my friends before the Alexa came out is different because they understand it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. Mm -hmm. This is kind of relating back to your Harry Potter binge. If you could come up with a spell that works, what would the purpose be? Getting my dog to speak. I don't know what I would call it, but I wish I understood what Simba like thinks or speaks to me sometimes. I definitely get it. When he wants to go outside, he tells me. When he needs something to eat or drink, he tells me. But there's no verbal communication with that. Yeah, and like I've seen on TikTok and like Instagram lately, they have those buttons that mm -hmm. like the dogs like step on. And I like I find that cool because they obviously are saying like what they're thinking, like what they want. They want more food. They want to go outside. But 
that's what I would pick. That's a great choice. Yeah. Some people would just want their apartment tidied up in an instant, or some people want the ability to change their car into any kind of car on the planet. But honestly, I would totally get my dogs to speak too. So yeah, it's more. I it's mean, a good choice. I love my dog. I want to have a conversation with him. <laughs> do you expect Simba like having a gruffy man voice, or do you expect to? to sound like a baby so there's two voices i expect with simba one is the way he looks right now he's very shaved he looks like a little puppy and right now i think he sounds like mickey mouse (laughs) 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 like like, hi guys (laughs) oh boy yeah (laughs) that was pretty good daddy and so i think that's how he sounds but when he's like bushy hair i think he's like a british smoker (laughs) (laughs) that's right he looks all gruff and mom come get me my food yeah so they like that so he has he has like two different personalities I love that for him. I love it for him, too. (laughs) Number nine. What is a favorite childhood memory of yours? I miss being really good at soccer. Oh, that's right. You were a very avid soccer player back in the day. Yeah, before my knees killed me. I used to play soccer all the time, travel, rec, and school. I was always captain as well. I remember seeing the plaque in your room when you, Jay, Rachel, and I went downtown that one time. Or not not downtown, but like in Delray. Yeah. Downtown Delray. Yeah, and I remember the Uber pulled out a nightstick on us, and we had to get, like, a second Uber. I was so drunk, I don't even remember it, remember? (laughs) Well, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, I think you and Jay were the only ones who actually remembered that. But, yeah, I miss being really good at soccer and being athletic in general. I mean, not that I'm not anymore. I can still shred the slopes on a snowboard. And, like, I've been playing on a soccer league recently. Oh, nice. But I just don't have the energy like I used to, and I don't have the skill level as I used to, and it's frustrating, honestly. So... My favorite childhood memory would like be on like Saturdays, my parents being soccer parents, <laughs> coming to the sidelines, playing a game, and yeah, I just like I miss those days. Of course, and I used to play hockey back in the day, so I feel you with that weekend sports relief from school. Even like in high school, like just being at like your physically prime state because you're playing sports day in day out. I don't know what a gym is because I always played sports. So yeah, that's my answer. All right, excellent. And uh, we actually have come up to the final question. You're having fun, right? I am. This is fun. I like this. See, this told, fun, Danny. see told you nothing bad. I knew. I knew. I wouldn't. I know you wouldn't put me on the spot in a negative light. Of course. So number 10 is what is one of your best, most recent accomplishments or one of your favorites? I'll go with something different than I've already said. I, everyone knows I have a master's. You know, I'm getting my license in May. Mm-hmm. People probably like won't see it the way that I see it, but just being like who I am today is like an accomplishment. Having my own apartment, being the person who cooks, being the person that just like reads on the couch on a Friday night. So you are what Nia was talking about, Miss Independent. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not independent. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but I think from a few years ago, people see me as the party girl. And I still am at times. I'm definitely like life of the party. I'm 26 years old and I can't drink like I used to <laughs> for, for the first, for the most part. Oh, and hangovers are twice as worse when you're out of college. No, my hangovers are always, have always been bad since the eighth grade. <laughs> but Eighth grade? Oh yeah, I started drinking in the eighth grade. But I just, being my individualistic self and being able to just have a relaxing night compared to going out and being able to refuse and say no and not having Any FOMO. FOMO. Not having FOMO anymore. Jinx, you owe me a beer. Just kidding. As we're talking about having having a relaxing night on the couch, I can I can get you a beer, Danny. I feel like that's an accomplishment for myself. That honestly is an accomplishment. Maturing. Because it doesn't have to be one single event. It could just be something overall. And honestly, it sounds like from what you are in college to what you are now, it's not a complete like 180, but it's just such a huge shift and and yeah. 
bonus points for you. Definitely who I was in college is still part of me. Of course. Obviously, but... Don't let the fun die out. I'm definitely still fun. Like you said, like I still like, go on boats and I party and I do the things that I enjoy doing with my friends. Mm-hmm. But it's not a must. It's not like I feel like I'm going to miss out if I don't partake in stuff like that. And if anything, you're working to build the life that you're currently living. So if anything, who's to make you feel bad for that? Being 26 years old with a master's, about to have a license in order to open up my own mental health practice. I don't think a lot of people in college would have seen that for me, especially with the field I'm in. <laughs> well, not that we didn't see it, but just when you say that so specifically, it's just like, wow, that's really specific as a goal. But then it turns out that's not a goal. That's your reality. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that I'm a very goal-oriented person. Yeah, I live in the moment sometimes, but with a specific goal in mind. Excellent. All right. Well, with the question round ended, it is now at that point that we wrap up in the show. Alexa, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me. Thanks, Danny. This was a blast. I'm kind of upset it's over already, but this was a lot of fun. So Alexa, the reason why I brought you on here today is because when I joked around saying that you're the kind of woman that parents would love to be brought home, it's like a joke, but I really mean that in that way. You're just such an overall genuine person. You're just down to have a good time, but at the same time, you're mature and self-aware to realize, you know, when some things are not meant to be done, all that discipline and applying that to your line of work, which most would find unbearable, not for the fact that it's just gut-wrenching work, but it's just so heartbreaking. And some people would have already capitulated under all that mental pressure, but you're just sitting here all bubbly, just as I remember you. (laughs) And it is for those reasons that I think you, Alexa Cohen, have big DK energy. I am honored to have big DK energy. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, Danny. Of this course. was fun. I this was a lot of fun. Excellent. And so right before we fully wrap up, do you have anything else that you want to promote or say anything? I'm not a big promoter, guys. <laughs> not like I used to be in college, but that's it. Promote big DK energy. <laughs> That's what I'm promoting. I love you for that. (laughs) Well, anyway, folks, um, we're going to add all of her social media in the description below. Comment, like, share, subscribe. All of it is taken into account and is really appreciated. And if we've got nothing else to talk about, then this is Big DK Energy signing off. Thanks, guys.